it's Renee Verbo, the Practical Shaman, welcoming you to the Shaman's Cave, where we're going to actually change up the schedule a little bit and take up a timely internet going on in the world topic. And I'm with Sandra Ingerman um, from Santa Fe and delighted to be with everybody today. Awesome. We, We get a lot of there's there's a movement on our shaman's cave wall right now where you know people are seeing fires all over the world and they're very concerned about them and so Sandra and I thought we would would have a conversation about how the elements of nature are speaking to us and how do we respond instead of react because react is what you know what this react is what there's a, a census for us to react and you know instead of taking a minute, breathing, using the tools that we've learned all these years, going inward and and responding from a place of, well, I like to call it my spin axis where I'm, where I'm grounded and I'm making decisions based in how I can be in better harmony and how I can be a better service to the world instead of what's being tossed at me from the news and all the other internet sources going on. Yeah, I think, um, the big question is the is the issue of manipulation <laughs> and um you know and i think that we really have to look at the history of shamanism which is a nature-based practice and life on earth is a nature-based practice which we're not practicing and so we're getting ourselves a little bit into trouble And so in shamanic cultures, it was up to the shaman and the people in the community itself to live in right relationship with nature. And it was the role of the shaman to keep harmony between the elements and the community. But um, what we have to understand is that how the shaman and how people in the community kept harmony with the elements is they talked to them every day. They were family, they were friends. Everything in the shaman's landscape was family and a friend and an ally. And so there was a constant building of, and still is, you know, in shamanic cultures today, there's a building of relationship so that when you hear stories about a shaman being able to stand in front of a fire and tell it to stop, and it does stop, that wasn't coming from manipulation in any way. That was coming because the shaman had a really deep, ongoing friendship, familial relationship with fire. And when fire started to become too destructive, um, the shaman negotiated with fire, who was an ally. And we see different things on the web about um, Native people doing really beautiful videos right now of how they have an ongoing relationship with the elements. And when the elements start to act out, they ask, would you be willing, like I saw a beautiful water video with a Navajo woman asking the water, because she had this ongoing relationship and she called water her family. 
um, if it would mind just moving a little bit in a different direction because it was causing destruction in the community where she lived and the water did. And so instead of people building up strong relationships in the Western world, I like the word that you used, Renee, of everybody's reacting. Um, so instead of stopping and saying, this is a really important event, the Amazon is on fire, Siberia, where shamanism started is on fire. Um, fires are happening in sacred places all over the world. Instead of stopping um, and asking what's out of balance and how, what actions do we take to move back into balance again, we're reacting and how do we start to manipulate the elements to do what we want them to do. And so one of the things, the shadow sides of the Western world practicing shamanism is that we try to domesticate everything, everything. We want to domesticate everything and be in control. And that means we want to be in control of nature too. And that's not how it works. Absolutely. And a lot of this started, so just don't think that like when you're responding today to something, this has been going on for tens of thousands of years where when we move from the outside into the house with the windows and the doors, all of a sudden we thought we were more powerful, that we had better control, that we could close the window on the rain and open the window to let in the wind. And so somehow we, we started to shift our relationship back then to how we are now. And now we're at like probably the, you know, we're in our terrible twos with all of this and thinking that we have some kind of control and we don't have control. And there's so many mythologies, even with the wind going back when, when the North wind would, would hover too long over the earth and then the south wind would have to, you know, journey up to the north wind and have a, a talk with the, about how, you know, everyone was starving to death and freezing to death and, you know, the villages were dying and, you know, kind of have this negotiation, like you were talking about this woman with the water, in order to bring things back into balance. And those of you who are more familiar with my work know that I'm uh, the biggest proponent of how we get the earth back into balance is how we come back into balance. We, it starts with, am I on my spin axis? Am I, am I contributing to the chaos or am I contributing to bringing us back in harmony? Yeah, it's a, it's a very big issue because I think I shared this. I was at, I, I'm a real introvert and I'm very shy. And so I, I don't go to social gatherings, but um a dear friend uh, had a social gathering to introduce us to his new girlfriend. And so I went and, you know, this is Santa Fe. And so social gatherings are always around some kind of spiritual talk or, or some kind of conspiracy theory. <laughs> what's being talked about. And so I asked people somehow or other, we were talking about, something going on in the environment chemtrails i think is what we were talking about and um and i asked 
How many people in this room are willing to change their life to help the environment? And this is a group of highly spiritual people who see themselves as spiritual teachers. And there wasn't one person in the room who was willing to change their life. And so, okay, so right now there's a call on the web to call in rain to uh, help the fires in the Amazon. And I, uh, my heart is with everybody. I'm joining in with that. Of course, I'm asking um, for the fires to be alleviated and for the rain to help. But where's the line of manipulation on that? And where's the line of, okay, we call in the rain. Now, if the rain comes and answers our call, how are you going to thank the rain? How are you going to change your life? What kind of car are you going to drive that supports the health of the elements? Where are you going to get your clothes from? Where are you going to get your food from? Are you using Roundup or other insecticides? What are you doing in your life that brings in balance? And so if we're just going from environmental tragedy to environmental tragedy and trying to manipulate uh, the elements to not, um, not hurting us and, and not taking away life, it's tragic to see what's happening to the animals in, in the Amazon right now, but what else has to happen? Are you willing to change your life? Or are you just going to go from disaster to disaster, calling in some element that's willing to work with, with us to stop what's going on? But when does the line end of manipulation? Mommy, daddy, water, fire, sun, moon, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> when do we stand up and own our own power? When? Oh, my word, this is such a big topic. I was watching, um, I have a friend, and she's very bright, and uh, she has, she's on the, the alt-right, um, is it the alt-right, the conspiracy theory of Sauron? And she, um, so I always go, she's, she's a news broadcaster, so I always go over every once in a while and watch her news, and this morning it was on the chemtrails, one of the things was on the chemtrails, and, and the bots, and all of the stuff, and, and, and it's just like, it just could take your mind and bend it in all different kinds of places. So how do you begin to know what the truth is? And you know what the truth is. Look around your kitchen, you know what the truth is. Because the fires um, were, we, were started by people who want to grow crops. You know, the pharmacists who want to have, you know, take, they're, they're, they're clearing the land and and why are they clearing the land? Well, because we're eating so much meat and we're grazing. And I mean, so it really, like, it's not their fire. Right. It's just not their fire. It's our fire. What's, how's that fire burning in you? And, you know, what small changes? Because it's really hard to, like, change everything. Like you just said, everyone's sitting in there going back to their nice homes and their, you know, their nice cars. Well, what are you willing to change? I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, the one that's been thinking about me recently is that we're bringing the Olympics to LA. 
Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, I think it's 2000 and it's like 10 years away or whatever. And if you've been in LA recently, it takes three and a half hours to get an hour and a half trip into the LA these days. Like, what are we thinking? Like, where, how are we thinking as a culture in our, that, that we keep, you know, jamming us in, packing us in, you know, and, and it's not like, it comes back down to personal responsibility, becoming aware of what's going on on both sides and journeying to your spirit animals, your spirit, you know, your spirit helpers and asking, how can I be a better human today? How can I show up just a little bit better? And are you even willing to cooperate with me? And what would I have to do in order for you to want to help me in this moment, in this particular situation? Because maybe fire is waking people up it's the biggest transforming ele element in there and it can change things on a on a dime but what are we transforming to is it something we want to become or is it something we want to move away from yeah and it goes back renee to our show that we just did on sacred reciprocity and we got such wonderful feedback about that show and one of the things that we talked about that show you know, I brought up the issue of if everybody in the world got up and gave thanks to the elements every day, um, what would they do for us in return? You know, what would that sacred reciprocity be? And so where have we stepped out of alignment with sacred reciprocity um, in our lives? And so... So let's say looking at taking a lot of action, um, giving up your car or giving up what you eat um, is too big a, a jump for you right now. What about what you're putting out from your mind? What are you feeding the environment? And what does the elements have to clean up? Because when the, the collective gets toxic enough, the elements, and, and a landscape gets toxic enough, the, the elements are gonna come in to do their cleansing. Fire is not a destructive being. Fire is actually how the earth regenerates. The earth cannot regenerate without fire. And so um, that's a known thing. And uh, oftentimes fires are left to burn because of the healing that it gives to the earth. And so there's a lot of questions that come up about how we intervene. And I think that, that where we can make sense out of it, because our minds can get so filled with, oh my God, she's talking about manipulation and, and being out of balance. And what do I do with all of this? This is too much for me. Um, we always have to remember that the outer world is a reflection of our inner world. And um, if making outer changes right now feels too big to you, what are some of the inner changes you can make in your inner landscape so that you're living on the earth with harmony? What are you thinking about? What are you feeding the collective energies? Um, what are you daydreaming about? Who are you? What, what kind of person are you in the world? Do you brighten people up or do you honk at them? Um, you know, um, these are, 
are changes that we can make and things are moving environmentally faster than, than our mindset can make a difference with, but it's a start. And um, I think that we oftentimes take on too much instead of looking at the little changes we can make first. Absolutely. There was a conversation that was started on the shaman's cave that I wanted to move off the wall. And so I did move it off the wall by having a personal conversation with someone. And they were struggling with the idea that because I keep talking about healing the personal self and, you know, minding my own business in a certain way, that they could, they thought that I was being apathetic, that, you know, how if we don't make a big stand out in the world, how is anything going to change? And I guess I just believe if a million, two million, three million, ten million people start healing themselves, then we're just going to start to do the right thing. Right. That might be really naive. And, and, and so, you know, that, but that's, that's what I put into the world. Like, can I heal one more person today? Can one more person wake up? Can, can one, the light bulb go on and one more addict who's sleeping or, or, you know, and so that's the part that I think most of us have the most influence over is, like you said, how, what thoughts do you add into the collective? And so if everybody's sitting there throwing, you know, we've got to stop this, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. It's the same buffeting energy with, you know, people beating these ideas and all it's creating is, is more tense winds. Mm-hmm. And... And so I, I don't, and I don't discount the people who are more polit- politically minded than me, but the politics also starts with the individual. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and looking at the simple things like uh, one of a woman in my class uh, asked her neighbors to come with her and clean up um, a local beach. Mm. Um, and a lot of people are doing that right now. And, and that's a start. And one of the reasons it is a start is not just that um, the park or the beach or the neighborhood got cleaned up of garbage, but it changes people's mindsets that we have to take better care. And when I was teaching, um, well, I still teach it, how to perform soul retrievals on land that got traumatized and lost its soul. I teach in my workshops that it's important to bring community into these ceremonies, not because you need community to have a successful soul retrieval of the land. Um, It's because you change people's mindset of all of a sudden understanding that where they live has a soul (laughs) and that they have to take care of it. And, And whether the ceremony works or not, I think the most successful thing is in change in helping to change people's mindsets to the understanding that land has a soul, you know, I think, um, you know, it's all about raising consciousness and the elements are trying to shift our consciousness right now, not just to when you're listening to a podcast or when you're listening to a summit or when you're in a journey circle but what do you do in between those times? Who are you in between? 
And are you making your spiritual practices your life or do you separate your spiritual practices from who you are? Absolutely. And I think that's a perfect time and a perfect segue because we're going to journey to the soul of the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sandra's going to lead us in that. And, and these are always very um, informative journeys. So I really would hope that, you know, you do it here and maybe go back again and maybe do it with a few of your friends in your community so that you, you can get together on these ideas and then maybe share afterwards an experience that you had that wasn't what you thought that the fires are here to teach you or the fires are here to, you know, disrupt or, you know, move people out from their homes or, or all of that. Cause until we go to the, the, the essence, we're only making it up. Absolutely. And, um, you know, again, I have nothing against all the ceremonies going on right now of people joining together and asking it to rain on the Amazon. You know, that's coming from a heartfelt place. I just ask everybody to look at the difference of manipulation and um, being willing to make changes uh, in sacred reciprocity for what the rain is willing to do for the land. What are you willing to do? Um, Not just calling in and saying, please stop the fires, but will you work with me as a partner? And this is what I will do in return. So, you know, we just have to look at where is our personal responsibility. So I don't have an issue with people uh, calling in the rain, but I'm really curious about why everything on on the web and on Facebook right now is about calling in an element instead of actually talking to the fire because you can negotiate with fire. So what is it? And this journey is not about negotiating with fire. This journey is first, what is fire trying to teach us right now? What is fire trying to teach us right now? because it's being so present in sacred land. And we can say sacred land is everywhere, but Iceland, Greenland, not, uh, sorry, there's no fires in Iceland that I know of, but Greenland, a home of shamanism, Siberia, a home of shamanism, uh, the Amazon, a home of shamanism, all on fire right now. What is the message that fire is trying to give us? So um, to do this journey, um, if you know how to journey, then you do a middle world journey and you go and you talk to the spirit of fire and you say to the spirit of fire, what is the teaching of all these destructive fires going on right now? And is it just a natural part of evolution? What is the message for humankind right now? If you don't know how to journey, if you've never uh, journeyed before, then um, I would suggest that you use your imagination uh, because imagination um, is what we use in shamanic journeying because it's not our head here that travels into the invisible realms. It's our spirit self that goes into the invisible realms 
and you need to open up your non-ordinary reality senses to get there, which involves your imagination. And so think about um, a place on the planet that's dealing with fire right now and just hold the intention as I drum to go ask to visit the fire and ask what message it has for us. And then we'll end with a song um, around the transformative aspects of fire. Okay, so here we go. So I hope that you all got at least a start of a message um, to fire. And these are always journeys to continue. I'm still, no, I'm back. <laughs>
it was like almost an immediate um it was almost like an immediate vision for me of a, a crematorium mm. of, of you know just there's still so much for me that needs to be given up not you know and and you know and you start wanting to hold on to things and for me i was shown well no you get to keep doing what you're doing but there's just still little elements that need to be released that aren't serving us anymore as we transform into this new you know spiritual paradigm or whatever shifting is shifting in such a big way that we really don't have the words and the tools from here to see where we're going collectively and and so it's kind of a little bit out of our our out of our mindscape, if that's a, the, the right word for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I, um, you know, I don't ask for a whole lot uh, these days um, because I did. I spent a lot of my life uh, uh, using prayer and journeys to negotiate around certain things. Um, I live in, in, um, fire danger all the time. Uh, I live in the trees and in an area that is typically in drought and, and, oh my God, all the, you know, like a little kid, I'll do this if you don't burn my house down. <laughs> you know, it's just part of who we are. But then, you know, um, then the universe finds a way because you're not, you're not getting the lessons um, the universe finds a way to go through the back door and give you a devastating lesson that puts you straight into initiation. And oftentimes I wonder if we could save ourselves a little pain and suffering if um, we would just step up and do our work on a daily basis and look at the changes that we need to make so that the universe doesn't come in and make those changes for us. Um, Absolutely. And, and that's so much of my work and your work. And that's why we sit here and share together. So take this in and take it back to your community and to your family and do this journey again. And I suggest visiting this because we're just at the beginning of fire season, you know, and, and the, the Diablo California winds are, are so we want to we want to start to be in more re, re, right relationship with all the elements. So over the coming months, we're going to do we're going to visit all of the elements we talked about today. So stay with us and make sure you share these shaman caves. You know, share the video. More and more people are watching, and you know, more and more people need our message. So if one little thing you could do today is to share this message. Yeah, and I promised you a song, and so instead of words to end, um, we're just going to sing the song to end. And um, I actually taught this song on another shaman's cave, but I know we have new listeners all the time, which Renee and I are thrilled about. So join in when you have this, and it'll take us to the end of the show. Fire, fire, rising higher, fire, fire, transforming me. Fire, fire, rising higher, fire, fire, transforming me. Fire, fire, rising higher, fire, fire, transforming me. 
Look at what that fire is asking you to transform. And uh, we wish you a beautiful day or evening, um, whatever time you're listening. Blessings, everyone. Mm -hmm.